Well, grace to you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, who has risen from the dead and in the power of our Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as we walk into this day, we're talking about wilderness faith and Lenten courage. It is the first Sunday of Lent already. I was reminded of uh, what Garrison Keillor said. He said that if you are shy, you're from the Midwest, and you're Lutheran, it's always Lent. Lent has been characterized by those who don't understand it as that simple question as, what are you going to give up for the next 40 days? Or maybe we like the old Robert Schuller quip when he takes the word L-E-N-T and he says that means let's eliminate negative thinking. Lent, its purpose and its practice, runs much deeper than all these quips. Let's explore what Lent really means. The word Lent actually comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, uh, lectin, meaning spring, because Lent is always in the spring leading towards Easter. It's a liturgical color of purple, as you can see. There's lots of purple here. Purple signifying humility and royalty. In the early church, Lent was a preparation for baptism that took place on Easter Eve, or as we know, the Easter vigil service. Lent lasts about 40 days uh, between Ash Wednesday and Easter, but it excludes Sundays. So if you added up all the days, there's going to be more because Lent doesn't include Sundays because Sundays are always feast days. They're always little Easters. But, you know, biblically, there's a lot of 40s throughout Scripture. Maybe remember that Moses was on the uh, mountain 40 days and 40 nights getting the commandments. Um, The exodus of God's people was in the wilderness or desert for 40 years. Noah was in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights as the rain came down. And of course, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days as well as he began his ministry. Each of these times, though, are instances where God is making a new beginning in someone's life. The wilderness time is a time to gather strength, to find perspective, to gain commitment for what is to come. Lent is known as a time of deepened discipleship. It's a period of preparation, sometimes penance. It's a season of our soul to try to grow closer to God. And it's about the sacred story of God's great love through Jesus, through the cross and the resurrection. It's time for us to explore how God is calling us to maybe go in a new direction. That's what repentance is, turning around, moving and going in a new direction. Maybe it's a new purpose in your life. Maybe it's saying this, Lent is a time to simply step aside from all the things that are drawing you away from God and step towards that which gives life in Christ's name. In our gospel reading today, uh, we read that the heavens were ripped apart and the spirit, like a dove, came down to Jesus. Don Jules, a seminary professor back at Luther Seminary when I went to seminary a long time ago, wrote, you know, what is opened may be closed again, but if it's torn, torn apart, it's not easily returned to its former state. You know, God was not finished with tearing either. Because at the end of, at the cross and resurrection, on the cross there's this wonderful uh, scene in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. 
The people were separated from this holy of holies in that temple by this thick curtain. And the curtain was so heavy, it said, that it took 300 priests to carry it. It was so thick. There was the, the, the thickness of a man's hand. And it was woven like a carpet so it would never tear. But it was on that cross when, when Jesus gave up his spirit. The scripture said that that 60 foot high, five inch thick, majestically woven veil was torn from top 60 foot high all the way to the bottom. And that word torn is the same word that's used here for the heavens being torn open is the same word for this veil being torn. And when that veil was torn, it exposed the holy of holies to God's people. It's as though God was saying here, the curtain that separated between me and the people, well, I've ripped it apart so that we could be together again. You see, during Lent, we're invited to open ourselves to allow God to work in our lives anew. It's time for us to step towards God and maybe prepare for that moment when God's ready to tear open the heavens and reach toward us. You know, Mark's version of the temptation of Jesus, you know, those 40 days in the wilderness leaves much to the imagination. Matthew and Luke do, they give a lot more details about this conversation between Jesus and Satan and, and a lot more things going on about fasting. And Mark says nothing about that. In fact, all, this is what Mark says. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. That's all it says. But Mark says this, though, which I think is really important. It says that the very spirit that tore the heavens, that tore the veil, drove Jesus out into the wilderness. The spirit didn't lead Jesus, didn't whisper in his ear. It says, drove him out. It's a sober reminder that our Christian faith is not this panacea where everything is perfect. It's not an answer to all of our questions and problems, and it's certainly not an invitation to an easy life. Baptism into the Spirit of Christ means that we're driven into this adventure of following Jesus. And this adventure in following Jesus will include testing. It's going to include challenges, and it's going to include temptation. You know that. Because I think almost every day, we wrestle with testing and challenge and temptation of our faith, of being faithful. In fact, the Gospel of Mark combines baptism, being connected to Christ, with trial. And it's part of our calling in our pilgrimage on the road of love. This Lent, we're invited to not just survive the wilderness times of our lives, but to emerge from them renewed in hope, in faith, and with courage. Many have said this pandemic is kind of like being in the wilderness for more than a year now. Hmm. Are you surviving or are you thriving? How are you being renewed in hope, in faith, and in courage during this trial? 
You see, the season of Lent is not a time when we ask, what will you give up in repentance for your past? Many of us will, but I'd like to think that it's more about what will you take on in hope for your future? How will you walk as a pilgrim on the road of love these next 40 days? How will you ponder and answer these questions? If someone asked you, what is your name? Why are you here? Where are you going? Those are big questions. I mean, we all know our name, but what does it stand for? How will it be remembered? Why are you here? What is your purpose? And where are you journeying in this life? Where are you going? What is your destination? I think Lent is a time that we can step back, contemplate our mortality and say, well, I don't have forever. What will I be remembered by? Why am I here? What am I going to leave behind? Whose lives am I affecting? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What is my purpose? You know, Lent isn't some kind of spiritual contest of self-denial. But I think Lent is a time for us to stop, contemplate who we are, but also make room. For God coming into our lives. I mean, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We pray that prayer, but are we really meaning to ask God to come and rule, to reign, to take over our lives? And that we are then joined into the ministry, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus through our baptism. You know, on Ash Wednesday... We were invited as disciples of Jesus into this to, to contend against anything that was evil or resist whatever was leading us away from the love of God and love of neighbor. That's a lot. But we're invited to the discipline of Lent, which included self-examination, repentance, prayer, fasting, sacrificial giving, works of love, we're going to explore those for the next 40 days as your pastors. How are those disciplines helping us to shape our hearts? How is it allowing us to make room for God's rule in our lives? And how is it allowing us to step closer, to draw nearer to God? I believe there is so much that clouds our vision. There is so much that distracts us away from God's work in this world and in our lives. Because God is working often in surprising ways. But I don't know if we always have the eyes to see. Maybe Lent is a time where, where we can actually refocus. And that we can recognize God at work again all around us. Because God is there. We said earlier that baptism into the Spirit of Christ is to be called, indeed, driven into this adventure that will include testing, challenge, and temptation. You know, that's what Lent reminds us is that this faith walk is about the reality of our world, the reality of our lives, because we know our lives are filled with challenges. We're filled with testing. There are way too moments when we feel overwhelmed. And there's too often that there is sobering news that is given to us. And we as people know what loss is. We have entered so many losses this year. I'd like to think that we spend way too much time on what's often called that Holy Saturday. 
You know, the time between Good Friday when Jesus died and all the violence that, that took his life, and then between that and Easter Sunday is Holy Saturday. I think it's a space you and I know very well. It's a space where we anticipate something good to come, but often that anticipation is overwhelmed, drowned out by the reality and consequences of the Good Fridays of life the crosses, the violence, the brutality. And often it's on that holy Saturday where hopelessness makes its stake, where it claims us. But today I want to remind you, as much as we might spend a lot of time in that in-between time waiting, it's also the very place that Jesus comes. In 1 Peter, we heard these words. It says, you know, he was put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit, in which he also went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison. In the creeds, we talk about how Jesus descended into the dead or descended into hell. And it's there that Jesus, between that Good Friday and Holy Sunday, Easter, that Holy Saturday is when Jesus proclaimed to all those who had no hope, hope. In the resurrection. You see, the Spirit was present with Jesus at that baptism, which said, Behold, this is my beloved, this is my son, I am well pleased. It might have pushed him out into the wilderness, but it didn't push him out there unprepared, and it didn't leave him alone. In fact, it says, the angels were there waiting on him. I think the same true for you and for me. In our baptismal covenant, we are affirmed that we are beloved children of God. That the God who created the heavens and the earth, the one who caused the light to shine in the darkness, the one who raises the dead is the very one who says, you are my beloved child. I am so thankful for you. I am so well pleased with you. It is very good. And of course, we are called to testing and challenge and suffering. Because that's the way of this world. But we are sent out prepared, just like Jesus, to go into this world with our care and attention, our action and our commitment, and with God's great big love. You are sent as agents of love and protection on behalf of God. But you don't go there alone. That spirit is with you. The spirit that tore the heavens, proclaimed God's voice, a beloved reminder. It's with you now. It's what sends us out. Go to those, those places that need attention, to go to those places where it might seem hopeless, that we're to remind them of those little Easter's. Remind them of how God was breaking into this world through Jesus and bringing in a new kingdom, a new rule.
indeed. We labor and struggle and work, but we are also confident and we have hope because Jesus was raised from the dead and nothing can ultimately defeat those aligned with God's love and life. Jesus says, I have the last word and my last word will be life. And so for us, Lenten courage recognizes that the road to resurrection always is through death. The Apostle Paul, one of the earliest, most articulate heralds of the difference difference between Christ's death and resurrection, saying this, death has lost its sting. That's what he said to the, the Christians in Corinth. He didn't say that we're not going to experience dying. In fact, Jesus starts his ministry when John the Baptist is arrested, and that arrest will lead to death. Jesus himself is given over to death in the the crucifixion. Yes, we are mortal. Yes, we are dying. That reminds us of that. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But our God blows life into that dust. Our God always draws life from death. That's where our God is most powerful at work, wrestling life from death, giving hope to the hopeless, drawing us to abundant life. Lenten courage does not deny our losses. It doesn't deny the dying, but it comforts us with the presence and promise that God is always with us. That's what wilderness faith means, that we're never alone, that we are accompanied on this journey. And that we are also being called by God to embrace all the opportunities to continue the work of God's reign. God's rule. That you and I are called to share the hope that we have been given as God's children. It's going to take some Lenten courage to do that. It's not easy. But the very spirit that drives us out is the very one that opens us up. It's the very spirit that fills us with love, that fills us with faith, and gives us the courage to be the followers of Jesus. Yes, we can begin this Lenten pilgrimage on the road to love because God promises to be with us every step of the way. And God will continue to proclaim, you are that beloved child. How many need to hear that, that beautiful message this week that you will encounter? I hope you'll share a word of affirmation, a word of love, a word of hope for those who are still on that pilgrimage where all they can see is testing. All they can see is that struggle. May you be the one to remind them that God is with them and God wins. Thanks be to God. Amen.